0: Good morning, Embrace. Ooh, that was lovely. I've been training y'all, awesome. Uh, Good morning to Embrace people online. We're glad to have you with us as well. Uh, It is very lively in here today, and we love that. I hope you're having a lively time at home. Uh, My name is Tanya. I am one of the associate pastors here at Embrace, and I am so glad to be here this morning, and I welcome you if this is your first time. Uh, If you are a guest, we welcome you. Uh, you will be welcomed at another point throughout the service as well where people will be talking to you. Um, But I just want to make a couple of announcements before we get into the worship this morning. Um, The first one is that there are these Connect cards that are in the pews in front of you. If you need prayer, there is a dedicated team of prayer people who are praying for you. And they keep your prayers confidential, but we send out an email and people will be, be praying for you. And so if you need prayer, please put it on the prayer request uh, and then drop it in those boxes. There's a box back there, these two beautiful boxes. Um, and in that, you can also continue your worship by tithing, putting your tithes and offerings in those boxes as well. There is a live stream of this service going on right now in the cafe. So the cafe is through here, or you can go through this door. If you just need to move, if you need some space, um, if you want uh, a little bit of time in the, in the cafe just to be away from the big group, you can do that and you'll still be a part of the service by going into that stream. And then there is an announcement handout that you should have received when you came through either of those doors. It has all the amazing things that we are doing at Embrace, and there's some great things coming up that you would want to pay attention to. For those of you who are online, I always post it when I come and join you online, but if you want to receive the email, let us know, and I will put that online as well how you can get the email. Um, I also want to lead us into the call to worship in just a moment, but first, let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity for us to be together this morning, whether we're online or in present right here in this space. We know that you are with us. And we pray that this service that we leave changed. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. All right, please join me in our call to worship before we hand it over to the worship team. You should see it on the screen. Oh Lord. Let my soul rise up to meet you. Amen. Let's worship together.
1: Y'all will stand with us, please. All right. We put
2: Y'all would join me in this confession. We know that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let us in freedom confess the wrong we have done. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. What we're going to do now is something we do each week um, here at Embrace. We just turn to a few people around you. This is an opportunity maybe to meet somebody if you are new here. Um, For some of you all, this may feel like a bit of a stretch to have to turn around and talk to somebody, so I apologize, but I encourage you to push yourself a little bit. Um, But we're going to turn around and just find a few people around you, and if you're kind of far away from somebody, just go find a group. Um, If you see someone by themselves, go and introduce yourself to them. But share your name, and then also you can share something you're grateful for this morning. We're experiencing a lot of uh, hardship, a lot of hard things all around us, a lot of violence and suffering all around us, and uh, it's, it's important even in the midst of that to pause and share things that we're grateful for. If you have a lament this morning or something that is not going so well, you can also share that as well, but let's take just a few moments and uh, then we'll, we'll call you back together in just a minute. All right, if y'all want to take just 30 seconds or so, start wrapping up, make sure everybody got a chance to share, then uh, we'll come back together in just a a few seconds. All right, if y'all want to stand uh, for the rest of our worship, that would be great for the next couple of songs. can have a seat well what I want to do now is dismiss our children and the volunteers for their time of learning in the Wonder Room so let's give our kids and our volunteers a hand as they come up to the front if you are a parent and you have a child who is four years old all the way through fifth grade then your child is invited to go to the Wonder Room. And if you're new this morning and your child has never been to the Wonder Room, then we ask that you walk up with them to make sure they have all the correct information uh, filled out and all that. Um, But we are so grateful for our kids and definitely grateful for all the volunteers that put in lots of time. So I have just a couple of quick announcements I want to highlight for you all. My name is John Gallagher. If I don't know you, I'm the lead pastor at the church. Just want to say welcome to each of you. Thanks for coming out on this uh, bit of a rainy and uh, kind of dreary morning. Uh, But we're experiencing some joy and light in here, that's for sure. Um, But a couple of quick announcements. We've got two things coming up this weekend that I want to make sure you all know about. On Saturday night, um, we have our All Saints Day open mic night. We've done this now. This will be our third one that we've done, and they've all gone really well. And it's just an opportunity for people in our community to come and share a song or a poem or a piece of art or a story um, just to share some talent. And so um, we're excited to hear from folks. It's for all ages, and so kids can participate as well. And what we're doing um, in honor of All Saints Day is we're dedicating whatever we share to someone in our life who has been kind of a spiritual mentor, Um, a a saint in our life, part of that cloud of witnesses, those folks who have encouraged us and helped us get to the place we're at today um, in our walk with God. And so um, we'd love for you to come, even if you're not sharing anything, to come and just experience and learn about different folks in our church and and have a really good time. So we have a few people who have already told me that they're going to participate, but I'd love to have quite a few more. And so if you have any interest at all, um, then please, I encourage you to give it a shot, um, it's a very uh, accepting, non-judgmental space. There's going to be people um, of all different abilities participating, so you don't have to feel like you're a professional or something to come and and share something. So um, I'll be there, and I'm I'm excited to be a part of it. So if you want to participate, there are sign-up sheets um, on the tables. There's a welcome table there, and also by this door, you can sign up that way, or you can email Rachel at Rachel at EmbraceYourCity.com, or you can just let me know, and I'd be happy to to get you down. So. That's on Saturday night, and then on Sunday, um, in honor of All Saints Day, one tradition that we've started the last few years is that we read um, what we call the Litany of the Saints, and we read a list of all those loved ones in our lives who have passed on since the last All Saints Day. And so if anybody, if you've lost anyone in your life, uh, someone that you love in your community, that you would like their name read as a part of that litany, then I would be honored to, to do that next Sunday And so please email those names to us at Rachel at Um, If you have my number, you can text them to me as well, whatever. Um, And we'll get those into that list and make sure to honor um, those people that we have lost. Um, I know that some of you have lost people you love in this last year, and I know I have as well personally. And so I'm looking forward to that opportunity just to to read those names and to honor those people. Um, Because we are not who we are without those people, right? Um, All these people, there's so much in our community, all these folks who have come before us and are even here with us now have shaped us and molded us into who we are today, and so we want to honor them. We're going to spend some time in prayer this morning, and so I encourage uh, if anybody wants to come kneel with me at the altar, then you're welcome to do that. No pressure. You can pray in your seat, but we're just going to take a moment as we begin our time of prayer just to be quiet Lately, I've been trying just to stop when I feel anxious or I feel overwhelmed or feel down, just to stop and breathe, to take some deep breaths, be reminded that God is with us, that God's spirit is moving all around us. God's spirit even lives within us, breathing life and sustaining us as we walk these challenging roads that we have been walking. eternal spirit creator redeemer the mighty and the powerful god lord we ask that your spirit would fall upon us now that your spirit would fall upon us and drape over us wash over us like a stream drape over us like a blanket that lord you would encompass us, encompass us and enfold us this morning with your peace, with your protection, with your courage, with your warmth and your love. God, we enter into this space, into this sanctuary, into this community this morning, carrying so much. Some of us, Lord, have been carrying burdens and stress and anxiety and pain for years now. Some of us are in the midst of really intense seasons of loneliness and pain. Some of us are missing those loved ones that we have lost. Some of us, Lord, are angry. We're furious and and God, we just don't know where to put that. Many of us, Lord, if not all of us, are just feeling very overwhelmed and helpless in the face of deep tragedy and suffering and violence all around us. And God, we all come to you today crying out once again, crying out for you to come, crying out, Lord, for you to act, crying out for you to answer. And to show up, Lord, in the midst of all of these broken situations. And bring a, a, a sense of joy and life and, and healing, Lord. Lord, this morning we lament and we cry out, Lord, because we as a nation are, have experienced another, Lord, just terrible act of violence in Maine. How long, Lord, until this stops? How long until we see the peace, Lord, that we have been praying for and working for for so long? Lord, we pray for those in that community there. That, Lord, you would be a comfort to them. That you would be courage and strength for them in the midst of such a broken and awful situation. We pray for the loved ones um, uh, of those who have, whose lives were taken, Lord. We pray that you would be with them. And that, God, you would just be extra close to them in this time of just horrific loss. And, God, we're praying also for those in those communities who have been working for peace, who have been working for an end to these kinds of violent acts, Lord, that you would just sustain them and you would give them the strength to keep moving forward and persevering and continuing, Lord, working for a just and peaceable world. And Lord, once again, our hearts come to you heavy, heavy, Lord, with grief over what is happening in Israel and and in Gaza, Lord, and in the surrounding areas, in the West Bank and in Lebanon and all these surrounding places, Lord. So much pain, so much loss, so much violence. Lord, we lament and we cry out to you, God, that you would show up. That you would bring an end to this just destruction. We pray that the the missiles and the tanks and all of it would stop, Lord. And that we could find a way towards peace. God, we, we don't even know what to pray for in these moments. But God, we just pray that you would show up. That you would show up, God. And that you would give faith to those who are suffering. That You would give just some measure of, of, of sense of survival and peace to those who are trapped in Gaza now and are so terrified of what has happened and what is going on now, even this morning and what will continue, Lord. Please, God, come. We know, Lord, that You love all of Your children. That You love all of us, Lord. We are all created in your image. and We pray, Lord, that you would show up for those families grieving in Israel, those families that are grieving and terrified in Palestine. And for all of those who are victims, Lord, of violence and suffering and oppression all across our world, that you would be extra close to them now. And Lord, I pray that you would help us here in Lexington, Kentucky, to have the resolve, Lord, to continue working for peace and love in our own communities. That we would continue, Lord, to reach out to our neighbors. That we would continue to show love to people of all faiths and all walks of life. That we would continue to expand our embrace to include everyone. That we would repay evil with good. We would continue, Lord, to just show that love and forgiveness and grace to each other as much as we possibly can. Help us start right in our own lives, right here in our community. And we pray, Lord, that those small seeds would grow, that you would nurture them, and that they would grow into something beautiful. Lord, we need you so much. I pray for those that are worshiping with us online this morning who are dealing with issues of of loss, that are dealing with issues around loneliness and depression and anxiety and we pray that you would be extra close to them wherever they are this morning connecting with us. We pray that you would breathe life into us this morning, that we could encounter you in a fresh way. May we leave here looking more like Jesus. And now we join together and we pray this prayer that Jesus taught us his disciples to pray. Our Father, Spending some time in prayer. I feel like we've been in a, a heavy season. And often my prayers are sounding like, uh, pleas for help. <laughs> but I think that's okay. I think that's okay. I want to read our text for this morning. It's from Matthew 22. For the next few weeks, we're just going to be using, until we get to Advent, which starts the Sunday um, It's actually two Sundays, the first Sunday in December, two Sundays after Thanksgiving. Um, We'll be starting Advent. Um, But until then, we're just going to be using the gospel text and the lectionary. And so you can go to Google Revised Common Lectionary. You can find those texts um, online. Um, I put a link in our Facebook group. But we're just going to be using the gospel text. And I think they're all from Matthew. And so we're going to be jumping back into Matthew. We've come out of our series on our values. And now we're jumping back into the gospels. And I'm really excited about it. So I'm going to read this one. I'm sure you all have heard this text before. It may may be uh, one of the top. It certainly isn't the top uh, text in in the Gospels. And so it's very, very important. And I'm excited to reflect just a little bit on it this morning. Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40 is what I'm going to read today. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I wasn't sure what the text for this week was going to be when I began my week. And when I looked it up online and I saw that the text for today was this one in particular, I had the thought like, man, I've preached on this text like a million times. Like, how am I going to come up with anything to say that I haven't already said before? So I got on my computer and I started like looking to see what I'd preached on in the past on this particular passage. And so I searched Matthew 22, put quotations around it, see if I could find it. You know, Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. I looked on my computer over and over and over again. I could not find one sermon that I've actually preached on this passage. And it's funny because I don't think I've actually ever preached on this passage in Matthew. And so I had the thought, like, why did I think that I had preached on this passage so many times? I literally thought, man, I must have preached dozens of sermons on this particular passage. Well, as I've thought about it, I think the reason is quite simple. This teaching from Jesus about loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself, it's one of the most important things in the whole Scripture. And it's literally all over the New Testament. It comes up over and over and over and over again. The New Testament, over and over. It's love, 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 over and over and over again. I haven't preached on Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40, but I've preached on love too many times to remember. If I type in sermon, love, there's a lot of options that come up on my computer. Rob Durham gave me a really cool gift this past year. I'll put it on the screen. It's a picture uh, of, it's a piece of art. It's, that's Oscar Romero, one of my heroes. And, and it says, let us not tire of preaching love. It is the force that will overcome the world. Dorothy Day said that love and ever more love is the only solution to every problem that comes up. So we're preaching love again today. In our text for today, Jesus is asked an important question. Maybe the most important question He's ever asked. The Pharisees ask Him, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Now when they were referring to the law, they're talking about the Torah, which is the first five books in the Old Testament. These books are not just full of laws. There's lots going on in the Torah. These are the essential teachings and stories of the Jewish faith. Jesus was a devout Jew, and so this was His Scripture. These were the most important texts for His faith. So essentially, the Pharisees were asking Jesus about the most essential teachings in their Scriptures. What is most important? In the Torah there are over 600 commandments. In early Judaism there was a lot of debate. Um, there was even an attempt by some teachers to rank the commandments and figure out which teachings were the most important. Was there a most was, is there maybe one of the teachings that kind of sits above all the others? Is there one that is more essential? Their question is essentially, what is the guiding principle for our lives, Jesus? These are the kinds of questions that really get to the heart of the matter. This has been the journey I've been on for a while now. How do we get to the heart of our faith? What is this really all about? What is life all about? In our Facebook community group, uh, Laura Pace commented on there this week and she had been reading a book and she pointed out that the book indicated that Jesus was asked a lot of questions in his ministry, but he didn't answer many of them very directly. Quite, very few number of questions would Jesus ever answer directly. And people asked him questions a lot. And part, of the, part of the deal was like people were trying to trap him often and he was smart and so he knew how not to get in the traps. But often people were asking questions that there weren't simple answers to. And so Jesus would often tell a story as a response to a question, which is not a very direct way to answer, right? Or maybe He would answer the question indirectly. Or maybe even change the subject and start talking about something different. But that's not what He does here in this section. I find it interesting that He chose to answer this question very directly and very clearly. They ask Him what the most important teaching in their Scriptures was And He told them exactly which teaching was the most important. Can we just pause for a moment and and just realize and sit with how awesome this is and how important this is? How incredible it is that we have a record of Jesus telling us what the most important thing is. We have a record of Jesus telling us what the most important thing in all of our lives ought to be. Jesus, who we believe as Christians is God in human flesh, told us what the most important thing is. And it's not just in Matthew. We can find this exact same story in Mark and Luke as well. What a gift this is to us. As confused as we often get about how we ought to be living and what we ought to be focused on, Jesus has made it very clear what is most important. He answered the Pharisees by saying, here's the most important teachings in the whole of your Scriptures. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus, these commandments were actually in the Torah. He pulled the first commandment from Deuteronomy and the second from Leviticus. And he argued that these two in particular were the greatest. He basically argued that all the sacred scriptures that they they held as the Jews could be interpreted and applied through these two passages to these two commandments, which are all about love. All of it can be interpreted and understood through a lens of love. All of their teachings and commands, all the law and the prophets sit underneath these two. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. As I continue to read and study the New Testament, I become more convinced that all the writers of the New Testament, particularly the letters, Paul, Peter, James, John, all the writers of the New Testament letters, we're doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. They were putting love at the top. Let's take Paul for example. I would argue that all of Paul's letters were an effort to help these churches deal with all their issues, their complicated issues they were having by applying an ethic of love to their context they were living in. For example, in Romans, we talked about Romans over the summer. In Romans, Paul was addressing Major conflict between Jewish and Gentile Christians. And he used a lot of different strategies to help them learn to love each other in very tangible and practical ways, in spite of their deep seated differences and conflicts. You know, last week I spoke, uh, a couple weeks ago, I spoke at Common Good, uh, the nonprofit ministry that is in our church. I spoke at their uh, annual fundraising breakfast. And as I was preparing for what I wanted to share, something came to me, just a simple line, but it stuck with me for the last week and a half. Here's what I shared. I said that Common Good was built on a foundation of love. This thriving organization, if you've seen the journey it's been on, Common Good is thriving. So many students and families and staff and programs and initiatives, it was all built on a foundation of love. It wasn't built just on talent or really hard work or some calling from God or really good strategies. It was ultimately built on a foundation of love, love that was shared in relationship among many people throughout our community. And that created the solid foundation to help this thing thrive, right? Oftentimes, people will come to Laura and they will ask her, they'll say, how can we recreate what y'all have here in another place? And that's a very hard thing to answer, right? Because you have to have that foundation of love shared between many people of all walks of life. That was the foundation that the work was built upon. And you don't have it without that foundation. I believe that our churches ought to be built on a foundation of love. Love ought to be that tie that binds us together. The things that holds us together and keeps us strong through the hard times. We are a United Methodist Church, and we're part of the Kentucky Annual Conference, and we have a bishop, and his name is Bishop Leonard Fairley, and he has been recently recasting a vision for this next season of life together as the United Methodist Church in Kentucky. And one thing I love that he keeps talking about is love. (laughs) He keeps talking about how he wants to build this new version of the UMC on a foundation of love. And he keeps quoting John Wesley over and over and over again, who said something along the lines of like this, that we may not think alike, but we can all love alike. (laughs) Too often, we have built our churches and communities on other things, shared doctrine, shared interest, or even shared enemies. Some of our political groups in America seem to be built more on a foundation of hatred for their opponents than they do on anything else. They often don't share even the same values or beliefs about government or policy. Do you hate those people over there? Well, you can join our group. Churches split and do the same things, right? Churches split, form new churches based on the fact that they're not like the church that they just left. I wonder if we ought to focus more on just loving each other as good as we can. And becoming more bound to one another in love. And let that be the strength of our community. The tie that binds us together. I have this wonderful devotional that, um, that Diane Cahill I know has. She's recommended it to me. It's, it's a, one called the Social Justice Devotional. It's written by a guy named Stephen Mattson. And I really love it. It's kind of sad, but he's having to use the devotional to convince Christians to care about social justice, you know? That shouldn't be a, a, a really a debatable thing, right? But I love this particular one. It stuck out to me, and it's a bit provoking when you read it, but I want to read it for you. He said, one of the greatest tragedies of many models of Christianity is that we teach proper doctrine instead of practicing neighborly love. Our churches, and preachers, and theologians debate, and argue, and fight about theological principles and biblical interpretation, and all sorts of things that really aren't that important. Meanwhile, the communities around us aren't being loved, and the oppression and the injustice occurring right within our midst is left unaddressed. We don't need to be a theologian to love our neighbors. We don't need to hold a ministerial license or a seminary degree to love our neighbors. What is required is our love. And he says God would rather we be a good neighbor than a good theologian, a good preacher, or a good biblical scholar. In fact, the best theology of all is this. To love God and love our neighbors. And I don't think he's being too extreme here. Jesus was asked about all the teaching of the Jewish scriptures and the Torah. What's the most important? And what did he say? To love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And what was Jesus do? Calling people to join a movement of love. There wasn't a prerequisite. You got to believe these certain right things. Oh, you got to get on board with all this. Disciples didn't have any idea about a lot of things about God. But Jesus called them to be transformed through living a life of love in their communities where they were called. I don't think Stephen Madsen, he would not argue that theology and doctrine are unimportant. This guy loves theology and doctrine but they're secondary to neighborly love. Our theology and doctrines ought to help us become more loving people. Our beliefs about God and about each other and about humanity and about our world ought to be centered on a belief that the foundation of all of it is love. Scripture teaches us that God is in fact love. I don't think we can go too extreme on this, right? What did Dr. King say if we're going to be extremist? Let's be extremist for love. I don't think we're ever going to love too much. Because our model is God himself. Jesus himself. I was talking this week uh, with, with Rachel about my sermon. And we were just talking about this passage. And she was sharing with that this passage has ultimately set her free in so many ways. Many of us have grown up in experiences of church that were kind of rules-based and rigid. That churches can often be built on a foundation of rule-following. You follow the rules, and then you're in, and you're like us. You believe the right things, and you're in. You're like us. This teaching from Jesus that all the commands actually hang on to is liberating. So Jesus, you're telling me I only need to worry about love? And all that other stuff can flow from that space? Reverend Jackie Lewis has a podcast. I love the title. Love, period, is what it's called. She's arguing that love, period, that's all we need. Love is the answer. And I believe this teaching from Jesus actually can set us free. In these verses, Jesus references three loves. Not just two, actually. I don't think it's two. I think it's three Love of God, love of neighbor, and love of self. Often we miss the third one, love of self. But it is in there, right? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. When all three loves are dancing together in unison, I think we find ourselves most whole and most free. One thing I've encountered is that people often want to rank the loves. Love God, love others, love self. Love God's first, love others is second, love self is last. There's a soccer league in town and um, came out of the church I grew up in. And I, I like the name, but I've actually started to wonder about it some. It's called I Am Third. And the idea is that God first, others second, I am third. But I don't really look at it that way anymore. I think the three loves ought to work together in unity. We need all three in order to be whole. And so instead of ranking them, I think we need to lean into all three loves as much as we can. Because one is not more important to the other because they all actually can be expressions of the other. The way I love my neighbor, it can be an expression of the way that I love God. The way I love myself is an expression of the way that I love God. Because if I'm loving myself, that means I'm loving the person that God created me to be. We cannot love God fully if we do not love our neighbor. It says this in John's letter that he wrote. He talks about this. He says how you cannot claim to love God if you do not love your neighbor that's right there in front of you. So we cannot love God fully if we do not love our neighbor. And we cannot love God fully if we reject this beautiful creation that he's made us to be and don't love ourselves. We cannot love our neighbor fully if we do not love God and love ourselves. A lot of people have tried to love others, but when they're not working on themselves and they don't love themselves, it's really hard. It's hard to love anyone if you can't love yourself. We cannot love ourselves fully if we don't love God and love our neighbor. We exist, I believe, in an inseparable bond between God and others and self. I'm not John without God, and I'm not John without you all, with my community, right? We all belong together. And loving relationship. Jesus was asked about the guiding principle for life, the guiding commandment, the greatest commandment in Scripture, and here's what He said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Perhaps the greatest work we can do as a church is to help one another learn to love that we help one another learn to love ourselves, learn to love each other, and learn to love God. I'll close with these words from Teresa of Avila, spiritual teacher and master in the great cloud of witnesses. She says the important thing is not to think much, but to love much. And so to do whatever best awakens you to love. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to share communion this morning. And as we share communion, I want you just to reflect on the love that God has for you. And the fact that God has called us to extend that same kind of love to one another. If y'all bow your heads with me just for a moment. God, we come to you this morning, and we are so grateful for your love and your grace. We're grateful for that ever-flowing kind of cycle. The Creator pours love out on us, fills us up, and we pour out love on this world. You pour out love on us, we pour out love, and it's a cycle that never stops. We thank you, Lord, that you fill us up that You breathe life into us so that we might pour out life for the sake of others. God, we thank You that You loved us so much that You came and You walked among us to show us the way. That You didn't just tell us to love, but Lord, You showed us how to love. That You showed us, You taught us, that You cared enough to walk among us, to make friendships with us. To model for us. To spend time with us. and God, we are so grateful. And God, I pray that we would continue to lean in to that way that You modeled for us, that path of love. And that we would continue to ask ourselves those hard questions of are we living into this? Are we allowing these teachings to be the ones that guide everything else? Lord, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon this bread and juice and whatever folks have set aside at home as well, that it would be for us the body and blood of Christ, that you would fill us up today in a fresh way and that we would leave here changed because we've encountered you, the living God. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite those helping me serve communion to come on up to the front. Thank mm. you. I know a lot of folks are carrying a lot right now, and I just want to let you know we do have uh, Brother Rick is in the back, and he'd love to lift you up in prayer if you need that this morning. Um, I'll also be over here, and I'd be happy to pray with you as well um, and talk with you about whatever's going on. And so let's just spend some time connecting with God as we share communion. You'll just form two lines down the center aisle as you come forward. Have your hands open to receive the bread and the juice. Your server will tear the bread off for you. They'll dip it in the cup for you. Then they'll hand it to you. Um, we do have gluten-free options if you need that, and we also have pre-packaged elements in the back if you prefer to go back there. Um, so you're invited to come whenever you feel led.) to stand as you're able for the benediction. I remind y'all before you head out, i um, love for some of y'all to sign up to uh, do something at our All Saints Day open mic, and then also if you have someone that you would like to submit for our litany of saints that we're going to read on All Saints Day, I'd love to receive those names this week as well. So may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. See you next time.